Hi, I'm Dale Sherbeck, and welcome to the HQ, a CHA Learning and Healthcare Can podcast serial where we dive into healthcare issues and topics from the perspective of its people and discuss them with those that are leading in the health system. Together, we'll try to unpack these topics and learn what actions are being taken to innovatively solve them today. As we begin this episode, which continues our series on EDI+, let me begin by saying that Healthcare Can's offices are located on the traditional unceded territory of the Algonquin Anishinaabe people. I also acknowledge and respect the fact that our member organizations provide care from coast to coast to coast on ancestral and unceded territory of the Inuit, Métis, and First Nations people that call this land home. Now let me ask each of you who are listening whether anything I just said resonated with you. Did I have your attention? For those listening from our First Nations and Indigenous and Métis communities, did anything I say connect? Do you feel included? Did it sound performative? Does it sound like tokenism? Or do I in fact sound sincere? Why or why not? I hope that sets the stage for today's conversation about what is a land acknowledgement? What is the intended purpose? Why are they important? And how might we use them to respectfully honor the land upon which we live and honor those that have lived on it for eons before us? By the end of today's conversation, I hope all of us, including other settlers like myself who live on this land, can come away with empathy and appreciation for this tradition and how to approach such an acknowledgement so that they are sincere and impactful and don't sound like a commercial before the main event. Though we're a couple months removed from the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, the inspiration for this episode came to me earlier this spring when the first guest I will introduce in a moment opened his presentation with a land acknowledgement that was like no other land acknowledgement I'd ever heard. So appreciating that truth and reconciliation is not a once a year activity and we still have considerable ground to cover, yes, that's intentional, I'm very pleased to have the on the HQ today two very special guests. Mike Northcott is Saskatchewan Health Authority's Chief Human Resource Officer. Mike and his team are responsible for all the human resource operations and professionals to ensure that the organization attracts, develops, and retains the best healthcare professionals for the province of Saskatchewan. Throughout his career in HR, Mike has served in various leadership positions in healthcare in Saskatchewan and Alberta. Mike holds a Master's of Human Resource Management from the University of Regina, He also has a Bachelor of Science in Kinesiology and a degree and a Bachelor of Commerce from the University of Saskatchewan. Mike is passionate about leadership and is a graduate of the Saskatchewan Leadership Program, the Queen's Leadership Program, and is a certified lean leader. He has served as the co-chair for the Joint Health Human Resource Committee as a member of the Health Labor Relations Council and a member of the Provincial Health Authority. And he believes that the most important job a leader has is developing more leaders. I'm also very honored to be joined by Andre Latond, who is originally from Batoche, but primarily grew up in Prince Albert and now lives in Saskatoon. He's the second youngest of seven siblings. His educational background is in human justice, and he's worked extensively with Neowak and Nakai Ketawak, both elders. He is mischief and he is very proud of his heritage and has raised his children and grandchildren to be proud of their culture as well. 
Andre has always felt a calling to help those in need, and when he began reconciling his own life at the age of 32, he was drawn to work with federal and provincial Indigenous prisoners, as well as work in the community providing support and guidance to those who were struggling to make a change in their lives. Now that he is entering his seventh fire, he is guided to work and health to assist in making a change to the system and support healthcare workers in providing health services to First Nations and Métis patients, clients, and residents. Early in his personal reconciliation, he found that humor was very powerful in building confidence and self-worth, and he applies this to his present work. Andre is also a musician, which has also been a fundamental aspect in his healing. He writes that he is honored to do the work that he has been asked to do and appreciates the opportunity to continue to learn and grow. So hi, Mike and Andre. Welcome to the HQ. Thanks, Dale, for the warm welcome. Yes, uh, I, I, I repeat that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, so, and again, I mean, lots of thanks here, but thanks for joining us to sort of unpack what I think for many Canadians is something that I would say we probably take for granted and haven't really stopped to think about in great detail. Um, so Mike, maybe as a starting point for that, I might, and I did sort of mention uh, your sort of contemporary land acknowledgement, if we can call it that, that uh, you had shared uh, back with uh, a group that we were at in the spring. I was wondering if you could share that acknowledgement again um, for our listeners. For sure, I have uh, tweaked it and, and updated it a little bit, so hopefully that uh, works. But uh, yeah, thanks for the, the opportunity and the honor to, to do that. Um, I would like to acknowledge that I reside on Treaty 6 territory and homeland of the Métis. Recognizing this history is important to our future and our efforts to close the gap in health outcomes between Indigenous and non-Indigenous peoples. Land acknowledgements have become a common practice as society continues its efforts in achieving truth and reconciliation. It is important to me that land acknowledgements are meaningful, so I've taken the time to understand how I can personalize mine. I am on a learning journey, and I thank those who are supporting my learning. What I've learned is the importance and beauty of the land, as well as the interconnectedness of our ecosystem. I've learned to appreciate our land, connect with it, and how we as people interrelate with the land. Learning this has allowed me to see the gifts that the land provides us in a new way. For example, paddling down the Waskasu River this summer had a new appreciation for its beauty and how my family and I were sharing it with many people and animals. Similarly, walking by the river at Wanuskewin this past September 30th gave me a new appreciation for the beauty and the value of the river. I too am grateful for the land we collectively share and the opportunities it has afforded me and my family. While I was not alive during early colonization, I acknowledge my responsibility to ensure that I contribute to systemic and structural change through my role in, in the Saskatchewan Health Authority and in my community. I pay my respects to the traditional caretakers of this land, and I encourage everyone to take time to continue your journey and learning surrounding truth and reconciliation. Thanks, Mike. That's a, it's a very powerful statement, uh, even hearing it again. Um, so um, before I, I ask Andre in terms of what his thoughts are on what you've shared, maybe we could start with the, more the question about what provoked you or prompted you to, to do that. Yeah, for sure. So 
I always felt um, like I was going through the motions, um, reading, <coughs> reading the um, the I'll call it prepackaged kind of land acknowledgments, and I felt awkward about it because I felt like there there needs to be more meaning to to this, and um, but I really just wasn't sure of how to do that right. Um, I think there's a you know, for myself anyway, there's a there's a fear that you're gonna say something wrong or or offend someone, mm -hmm. um, and and so I kind of went through a journey where where when I when I did them in kind of what I'll call a standard format, I felt really awkward about it and feeling like I I really wasn't um, hitting the mark or or doing it the justice that it it rightly deserves. Um, so I went through a bit of a process where, you know, in my own mind, trying to think about how do I do this differently? And um, I was inspired by a colleague of mine, uh, Michelle Schmallenberg, who mm -hmm. uh, she came to one of our executive meetings and, and started the day with the land acknowledgement uh, that was really powerful. And, and, uh, and it really uh, provided that, that example of courage to me um, and kind of stepping out of our comfort zone to to bring a lot more meaning um, to the land acknowledgements, um, and and her doing that um, really supported me in in taking that step myself. And so I give her a lot of credit. Um, she she was an excellent uh, a leader in that in that regard. And and uh, I've taken components of of hers because um, I think they're they're really, really well done. And I've, I've made it my own and reflected on, on my own journey and, and journey of my family. So um, I feel like now um, when I do a land acknowledgement, it has so much more meaning. And, and I think that's key to uh, truth and reconciliation. Uh, I feel like land acknowledgements are, are a key step, obviously not the not the extent of what needs to happen in, in truth and reconciliation, but a, a key component. So that, that was my, my journey of stepping out of my comfort zone in, in this space um, and being inspired by a colleague who just did an excellent job in, in this space. Yeah, no, thanks, Mike. And I think there's a lot of inspiration in that. Certainly, I take away a lot from that, and which is really, again, what sort of put in me that the desire to better understand how that had come about so I can learn from it as well. So, um, so Andre, when you hear Mike sort of issue an, an acknowledgement as he's shared with us all, um, as a mischief uh, person yourself, how does, how does that resonate with you or how does that connect with you? It is um, really encouraging what it is when I hear Mike's or Michelle's or many others in in our uh, health uh, provincial health authority uh, Saskatchewan health authority it's been you know it's been five years now or close to five years since we've all been working together and um, you know we for the first time in our whole history as First Nations and Métis people and, and even Inuit, although they're, you know, Inuit, they're not traditional to our traditional territories here. But 
it's the first time that we've had a voice in a system like this, in a big system. And uh, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. It's an opportunity. And so when I hear from what, what Mike was talking about in the early days in 2018, <laughs> the land acknowledgements, well, that came from us. That came from, I, I had a part to play in that. But you have to start someplace. And, and that's where we started from as an organization. But over that four, close to five years, it has progressed to this type of land acknowledgement. So uh, what's really encouraging is because is that when I hear stories like Mike's, and, and Mike and I, we've got a pretty good working relationship, very respectful of one another. In that. And, and again, we appreciate that. Um, land acknowledgements, that is a really foreign concept in my language. Mm -hmm. And the reason being is, is that it's something that is being prescribed. And uh, so in my language, every time that I do ceremony in the morning or throughout the day, I acknowledge the medicines that I'm using. I acknowledge the items that I'm using. I acknowledge the land that I'm on because land acknowledgements should lead into a personal relationship between the individual and the, uh, the, the, the land that they are on. So in Mike's land acknowledgement, he shows that progression from that place of awkwardness and fear Land acknowledgements should evoke emotion. Mm -hmm. and, and usually, probably 100% of the time, of those who not, are not accustomed to relating to the land as a relationship, it's going to be awkward. And there's going to be fear because people don't are not intentionally trying to harm others. Okay, It's because we have been so disconnected from one another. That's why, that's where the harm comes in. So, but it's not intentional. Most times it's not an intentional. Sometimes it is, I, you gotta acknowledge that. Land acknowledgements are about relationship. And in First Nations, in my culture, I, I should only speak about myself. And I don't, you know, on this uh, broadcast, I don't wanna be speaking on behalf of so many different nations and individuals in that nations, you know, that are mm -hmm. first nation meeting I'm only speaking about my simple piece of knowledge and too much. I only know about me and, and what I've experienced throughout 70, uh, 67, 67 years of life. But I have learned that it is a profound relationship that, that I had to, I had to um, recreate with the land, my motherland, which is Batosh, which is in central Saskatchewan. And it's historical in Saskatchewan. It's a big part of the reason on how Saskatchewan became a province, but not too many people who live and come from Saskatchewan know that. But if they begin by acknowledging that land, they will eventually get to that piece of knowledge. So it's very relational, it starts with, me, relationship with myself, knowing, like Mike <laughs> identified, awkward and fear. 
But over time, he, and he acknowledged experiencing the courage of Michelle mm-hmm. to be different. So he, he, he developed that in himself, you see? And with that courage, that's how we go forward. Um, you know, when relationships, if you don't have that relationship with the land, with yourself and then the land and, and, and others around you, your family and community, co-workers, all of that, if we don't have that collectively, what happens is uh, it becomes static. The relationship becomes static. And we all know when something becomes static, it dies, it disintegrates. Mm-hmm. So it has to be dynamic. So again, Mike portrayed that. He, sh- he gave, that, gave that message to us, or at least to me. I, that's what I read. What I heard was his land acknowledgements have gone from, uh, they've, been, they've been very dynamic. They have gone from being uh, prescribed, not at all personal, awkward, feared to say the wrong thing, to developing courage so that it's now a personal relationship with the land. It's his relationship with the land. Nobody else's, just his. That's what he was talking about. And because that relationship with the land is has, he, he ensured that that relationship with the land that he works and lives on and, 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 and uh, benefits from all of the gifts that the land will give us. And he identified some of them, the water, the animals, the trees, the food, you know, it, it's just very expansive. It's a dynamic relationship. And there is no doubt that Mike's land acknowledgement will continue to evolve. It will. And that's that's a land acknowledgement. And, and when we start to do that collectively, and I'm going to put it to SHA, uh, Saskatchewan Health Authority, when if we can get the leaders to lead the way to do that and support them in doing that and encouraging them to do that, then that opens the door. Same same experience that Mike had. He observed in another co-leader in, in the health authority that she had this courage. She, she, she did it differently. She did it in her own way. It was personalized. The more that we do that and we hear others, then it inspires us to do that, to face our fears, to face our awkwardness, to acknowledge them. And when we begin to do that, we begin to build unity. Unity. That's the gift from the land acknowledgement, is unity. Unity is a natural law. It governs everything on the land, including us as human beings who are relational to that land. We come from the earth. Mm -hmm. We come from the land. We survive because of the land. When we acknowledge it, we get the greatest gift, love, and we abide by the natural law of unity. When you have unity, there is no place for racism or intentional harm because it's very protective. And so that, that's very much, it comes from the cultures. I, I, I would say, and I don't know all of them, but 
I have traveled from coast to coast in Canada and met with many different cultures. Mm-hmm. And um, some of them I've lived with, you know, in my time. And it's the same for any culture. You know, I was uh, just yesterday, I had a meeting with, uh, and, and after the meeting, we ended up staying and just dialoguing, developing a relationship. Uh, a researcher, her name is Mamata Pande. Uh, uh, Mike, you, you probably know her or have heard of her, but she does a lot of research in, in SHA. She's East Indian. That's her culture. And she is just recently in the last three years rediscovering her culture. And, and boy, you know, we, we both left that meeting and we felt united. We felt as one, you know. And if the more we can do that, because more and more new Canadians are coming with, with their culture, their indigenous. We, we have to be prepared for that so that we don't exclude. Because that's what happened to us as First Nations and Métis. We were excluded from that original agreement called Treaty 6, and the men, men, medical uh, medicine bundle clause. It wasn't a chest, it was a mon- bundle. And that bundle is life. Uh, but we were excluded from that. Now, since basically since 2015, the TRC calls to actions gave us that opening to be a part of it all. And incidentally, Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan went through a transformation from 12 different separate identities, health authorities, into one identity. The first movement into unity. We are responsible now, the, the 45,000 workers in the health authority, we are responsible to, to, to make that unity, to strengthen it and make it grow. We start with land acknowledgement. That's where it all starts. So land acknowledgement is more than just the words. It's the feeling. It's the philosophy behind it. It's the interconnectedness of all of life. So it's a great land acknowledgement, Mike. I'm proud of you. Thanks, Andre. Dale, if I I could just jump in with a a few more comments around my journey. Sure. Uh, I really feel like I'm... I'm a rookie and, and learning in this mm-hmm. space. And um, I want to be inquisitive and, and learn uh, all that I can, um, but it's a, it's a journey. Um, Andre has, has been very key uh, to my journey and I really thank him. Uh, we, we have a, a very strong relationship and, and a unique relationship. And um, I appreciate the, the coaching and mentorship uh, that he provides me. And, and the learnings from those discussions, and, and we, we discussed some, some deep stuff, um, but it, it is key to the learning. And, and I thank Andre uh, very much for the, as you can tell the, with uh, what he's been sharing today, there's a lot of wisdom um, to be had there. And uh, so we have uh, many, many discussions in, in the past and, and many in, in the future as we progress to and 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 I really appreciate that so I just wanted to say that Andre yeah thank you thank you in and ask one my in and ask one that's a big word it's gratitude thankfulness it's appreciation it's many many things in and ask one so 
I guess some of the things that I guess I'm struck by that you've been describing, I think both of you, um, and maybe it's, you know, some of my own biases or assumptions around land acknowledgements before we started these conversations is that one, I think you've really strongly emphasized, right, the importance of unity, uh, Andre, and, and bringing together and creating connections and, um, and relationships, uh, which I'm going to assume are really are foundational or really what reconciliation is trying to bring. Um, but the other part, I guess, is the truth, I guess, that's spoken in the land acknowledgement. Um, and so I guess in, in what you're describing, uh, Mike, is, is a journey towards, well, and, and I think you've reflected this as well, Andre, in terms of what you've heard, but as a personalization of what the land means to you personally, Mike, um, not about what it means to Andre or to the people, other people who lived on it or lived on it before Europeans came here. Um, so how do those two parts fit together, I guess, is what I'm trying to understand, maybe, and whether, you know, because I guess I, I might have previously assumed naively that a land acknowledgement was a kind of a sorry. Um, um, <laughs> we're here, and we're sorry, and right, the, the emphasis on words like unseated and unsurrendered, right? Um, so, which are obviously grounded into a lot of legal uh, connotations. But there's none of that in, I mean, there's some of that in your preamble, Mike, but it's not really in the acknowledgement that you've stated yourself. You're talking about your relationship with the land, which is beautiful. Um, and that seems like that's what's really resonated with Andre. So I just, I'm not sure who would want to take the question that I've sort of posed back, but um, just if either of you'd like to sort of start with that. Go ahead, Michael. You started off all of... Okay, sounds good, Andre. I think... I think it's a it's a, a matter of being both. Uh, what I've learned throughout uh, throughout my learning journey thus far is is the importance of of the relationship with the land, uh, the respect uh, for the land, and how we interrelate with the land. Um, but I'll go back to you know I'll just read out one of the the comments. Um, while I was not alive during early colonization, I acknowledge my responsibility to ensure that I contribute to systemic and structural change through my role in the SHA and in my community. So through that is where, where I'm, I'm trying to acknowledge um, the history and mm -hmm. the, the truth um, that, you know, as we, as we learn that truth and, and understand that truth, that's so key to us moving forward because if we don't understand uh, what happened and acknowledge that as difficult as that is because when when we hear about the terrible and understandable the terrible things that that occurred that that's deep and that's you know that that gets emotions going and and that's very yeah it's it's deep and and uh, um so in my land acknowledgement, I'm trying to do both. Um, so acknowledge the truth and the fact that I need to help to make things better in the future and help people to understand that 
it's important that we understand what the what the truth was because if we don't understand the truth can we really get to reconciliation mm -hmm. uh, so i don't know if i'm right on that but that's my perspective and uh, really trying to balance both so interested in andre's perspective on that as well yeah thanks mike Mike, I, again, I, I really appreciate your comments. You're you're right on the mark. You're absolutely right. And it does acknowledge the, the, the past, the, the truth. But we don't always have to um, be specific about what that truth is. Mm -hmm. What it does is it's a beginning. It's a beginning of a relationship with the traditional peoples of, the, of these traditional territories. You acknowledge them, you acknowledge them as, and, and at some point, Mike, understand that our department is going to re change acknowledgement. We're working on that. We're going to rework that because it's more than an acknowledgement. Uh, so I'm uh, to, to carry on with that thought, I, I want to... Uh, Paint a picture in your minds. Paint a, six, a, a circle in four quadrants. And, and in the right-handed quadrant is identified. So what uh, the beginnings of our land acknowledgement in SHA has been, was, was, and let me tell you, it didn't start with land acknowledgements. It started with SHA leadership, CEO, and the board agreeing to sign a statement of commitment to work towards addressing the, the seven uh, calls to actions in health from the TRC, truth and, truth and reconciliation. So when Mike and I meet, that's when we talk about the hard truth. Mm -hmm. This is what's happening, Mike. How can we fix this up? We don't have to do that publicly because as soon as you take it out into the public, it becomes egotistical. We want this to be personal. 45,000 employees personally taking, taking that, that initiative to be responsible for the past. So you identify, so we, we were able to identify right in the very beginning uh, through the statement of commitment that SHA signed, not once, but twice, they recommitted again. I want, I want to acknowledge SHA leadership on that. And, and once you identify something, if you keep it to yourself, inside of yourself, it becomes cancerous. You have to acknowledge it. So the TRC somehow motivated in uh, whatever the right word is, but SHA acknowledge the truth. That's the identity. So now we need to acknowledge it. We need to speak it out to one another, you know, at our meetings on behalf of SHA. But it doesn't end there. Land acknowledgements will not end with what we have today which they've grown because everything in life moves. And as you develop that relationship with the land, it encourages you, guides you 
to keep moving, keep going because of the emotions you're being evoked because of the thoughts and that's going to impact everything that is in our minds, our morality, our ethics, our values, our beliefs, our standards, codes, ethic, uh, principles, and ideals. It's going to, so it's a, it's a long-term process that we have started in 2017, 2018, 2017 in Saskatchewan here. And eventually, and where we are at actually is we are moving into the third quadrant which is understand, simply understand the history because that's who we are. We have become that history. Once we can uh, understand something, there's no more questions to ask because we have a complete understanding of the situation. Then we can accept it. So the truth has not been accepted yet but we are moving to that. There's a process it's more than just speaking it. It's feeling it. It's living it every day, every minute of the day. We have to live that truth so that it becomes us. And then collectively, we're building unity throughout all of this process. You see, and, and can you imagine 45,000 people heading towards one ideal? Wow. Powerful, I think. Uh, and we're a small province, population-wise. Mm -hmm. so, so that's how I understand, you know, fundamentally how we can incorporate truth with this personal relationship. You can't have one or the other. You have to have both. And, and land acknowledgements here in Saskatchewan do that. Thanks, Andre. So, yeah, I think it you you both sort of i think describe how those things i think are intended to work in terms of you know our connections to each other and and building our communities so maybe sort of feeding from that mike just maybe talk about what you're i mean you've, you've very uh, eloquently expressed your relationship with andre and um uh, as well as your relationship with michelle but maybe describe your relationship with the larger relationship with your indigenous community um, with when you serve um, and work. Um, and what has there been, I guess, the broader response, not just to the acknowledgement, but maybe even to working with you um, in your work um, as a result of what you've been doing? Yeah, I think I would describe it as a, as a journey as well. Mm -hmm. um, the relationships that are, that are in place are, are strong and, and, uh, a key value of mine is is respect for people, and so that that just you know drives everything I do, and I think uh, is it lines up very very well with exactly what we're we're talking about. So those those relationships are are there and and uh, strong, but I feel like we have we have a long way to go, and in developing more relationships. Uh, we're presently, you know, embarking on um, uh, a First Nations and, and Métis recruitment and retention uh, strategy. So we're in the process of, of engaging those communities uh, to hear those perspectives around how can we do better as an organization uh, in this space. And, and we'll be engaging with educational institutes around once we ha have gathered that, that further feedback. 
to to determine you know what are what are some of the opportunities that we see in front of us and so i see huge opportunities for more partnerships as we as we move forward to work together so when you you know when you ask around around the relationships there i would say mm-hmm. uh, good but on the front end of, of a journey and and we've got a lot more work to do Fair. So it's opening a door, I guess, as much as anything um, to that journey. Um, and what about with, you know, the, your broader sort of colleagues, you know, the 45,000 people that Andre remarks on that work with SHA? I mean, those within your immediate circle, I mean, I know you've got multiple sites in many cities in Saskatchewan that you work with so that you don't get to meet with everyone. But um, those that you do connect with, Mike, I mean, what has been the response of your colleagues and peers with respect to hearing your own acknowledgement? Yeah, I guess I can describe a, a meeting I had with the portfolio, um, a WebEx meeting uh, with the portfolio. So there was about 200 people on it, on mm-hmm. that call. And I, I uh, shared the land acknowledgement, uh, pretty similar to what, what I shared today. And I think... You know, I got I got messages uh, through the chat, uh, just saying, "Wow, um, thank you for doing that acknowledgement. It, it's really meaningful." And so I'm hopeful that that I'm playing the role that Michelle played for me uh, in showing others that uh, that we can do better, that that it can be much more meaningful, and and we just need to be a little bit brave. So I have uh, I have got. Uh, People notice when it's done done differently, and uh, I think that's important. Yeah, it's. Uh, I know that you, in in my experience, right? I mean, and I guess to be clear, like you were addressing a group of your peers across the country, right? Other chief human resource officers from health authorities and hospitals across the country, right? And you could hear a pin drop, I think, when you sort of had finished with that. And I know that I've talked to several since, and they've said that was the most powerful land acknowledgement they'd ever heard. So what would be your message to either those people or those that maybe weren't in that room, you know, about how they can take up this or do this? Or, you know, how, how do you how do you spread that magic, I guess, um, in other places? Yeah, I'm not sure I'd call it magic. I, I would, I would say it's, uh, it's just uh, trying to be thoughtful and and learn um, around the meaning and and how powerful land acknowledgement can be. Recognizing, you know, land acknowledgement is just is just part of of what we need to be doing, yeah. but it, it's an important part, I believe. So I think it's it's getting out of out of your comfort zone and spending some time to reflect on that relationship with the land um, acknowledgement of the of the truth and what does that what does that mean to you and and it's a personal it's very you know it's a very personal uh, acknowledgement and and I think that's where it is more powerful is when it when it is personal so I appreciate your your kind words um, and the the kind words of, of those work that were on the call that day uh, but yeah, I think it's it's we're we're all on on a learning journey, and and we need to challenge ourselves to to learn and and really bring meaning to to what we do. And 
and, and I think as you framed it about yourself, Andre, is that, you know, you speak for yourself and to some degree your community, but you don't, there's, you know, many other First Nations, Métis, Inuit communities across the country, which have different stories and different relationships with the land, I assume. Um, you know, maybe advice from either of you, if, if a person wants to start on this journey that you describe you're on, Mike, and, and they they want to do something similar, but which is authentic for themselves and their community. Advice as to where they start. Yeah, so a few a few options. So one is is relationships. So enter relationships with with those that uh, that you can learn from, and and elders are. are so wise and, and such mm -hmm. a great uh, resource and and I know I'm fortunate to um, to know Andre and and have access to to Andre and have that relationship uh, but I think that is a, a key um, key learning opportunity and and I find it so powerful uh, learning and and developing a relationship that you can get into those deep conversations because if you don't if you don't have that relationship it's tough to just dive right in right yeah. so i think that's one one avenue i would also look to um you know online there's there's a lot of great youtube videos uh on land acknowledgements uh, what makes them good what 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 doesn't <laughs> uh, and and also there's so many resources online um around truth and reconciliation that um you know that give you resources videos um podcasts um, to learn. So it's, to me, it's about learning and reflection. And then how do you bring that that learning and reflection back? And, and how do you communicate that uh, to others to keep that cycle going? Because it's, it's something that we need to not only pay attention to, but actively talk about and uh, help each other increase our learning. Yeah, I think, you know, what I learned from what you've both shared with me so far, um, right, is that if I was put in a position where I was asked or expected to deliver a land acknowledgement as part of an opening of an event or a speech, um, I don't think I would ask somebody else to write it for me. Uh, or take somebody else's words, right? I think that in itself is the problem, right? Um, exactly. And that, as you've described, and I, you know, the word, well, for myself as a learning and development professional, learning is key. And if you don't know where to start, well, then that's where you, you need to learn, obviously, about what the history is and why these things are important and perhaps your own relationship with your community and the land that you're on. So um, maybe just coming back to you then, Andre, in terms of the value of the language that's being used, right? And I know that in a conversation I'd had with you previously as well, we talked a little bit about language and that, that importance of that, that, you know, that I mean, these can sound like just words, right? But they are words, and those words can be so much more impactful. So maybe describe that in from your perspective, uh, maybe to help others understand that. Yeah, you bring up another really deep 
profound topic, language. We all speak the English language. And the English language is very harsh. The English language has rules on how to use the language and then it has rules on how to break those rules. <laughs> so it's <Yep>. very <laughs> communication breaks down. It's not at all relational. Okay, what I just said was meaning the Cree people. This is the territory that I live in too and I work with and related to. Part of me, my blood. Nehewak means a people. It identifies a relationship of a people with the land around them. That's me. We are half sons to the Nehewak and Anishinaabe people. We are half sons. Again, relational. Peyak means one. The first thing is Wagotuin. Wagotuin is kinship, it's that relationship. So the whole language is based on relationship. So to say a land acknowledgement in, in, in the traditional languages of this traditional territories is way more meaningful, way more impactful. The challenge is to, is to interpret that, translate it into English. Mm -hmm. So you have to be really, really selective about the words that you use and, and the tones that is used with those words. So in English, how do we do that in English? Well, start using words. When I first started in health in 2018, June of 2018, right around then I met Mike and many others that I continue to have a relationship with today. Michelle being one of them, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my words to them in English was, we need to have a paradigm shift in health. A paradigm, the way I understand a paradigm, it's an ideal that we, we reach for. That everything, our morals, ethics, all those things I said that make up our mind that becomes attitude and drives our behavior is always leading to that, to that ideal. And, and so I use my culture and my cultural teachings and my languages to get this point across. So then I started asking leadership, when did we lose compassion? For the work that we do. Mm -hmm. Because everybody that I've asked, I've asked Mike, even in HR, why did you get into health? Everybody that I ask, it's because they have compassion to help people. Well, let's use that language. Let's use compassion. Health is all about achieving the ideal of love. We have teachings in our, in our cultures. They're on our walls, on our uh, healing center here. Starting with respect. 
Mike talked about that. That's where it starts. And then six more or five more. If you give yourself those six values or virtues, teachings, and you apply them to your life and you use them, use the word respect, use the word courage, use the word humility, use the word wisdom, use the truth, use honesty, use those words. You're, you're heading towards love. Why are we so afraid to use the word love in health? Because it's a different ideal. It's a different paradigm. I'm going to say it. Every one of our uh, health services in Canada are based on power and privilege. Privilege that gives somebody power. When that happens, if you don't understand what you have, you have the power to oppress, exclude, harm. That's the ideal. We need to change that paradigm, the way, what, where are we going? To know where we are going, we, know, we have to know where we come from. Not very many people know the history of Saskatchewan, unfortunately. So I encourage leaders and frontline workers and middle managers and health out in the community, learn about the history of Saskatchewan. Just start there. Once you, you, you know where you come from, then you start asking, why am I here? How did I get here? How did I, a machif from Batosh who could not speak any English in 1955 to 1960, I could not speak any English, only machif. And then all of a sudden in 1960, I, that my language was beaten out of me. And then I only spoke English and I became something that I <laughs> had no intentions of becoming, but the ideal in life in my society growing up in the 1960s was that as a man, this is what you are ideally as a man in our society. And it was based on societal morals, society values, society beliefs, principles, standards, codes, and ethics. We have a long ways to go, like Mike said, because 45,000 employees need to examine what's up here in the mind, those morals. Mike is doing that. I know he's doing that because of the questions that he asks me when we meet. They're very personal to him. He's taking a risk. He's trusting me and I'm not going to harm him. Because now I hold, when he comes to me in that way, guess what? I hold the privilege. I hold power. But because I am aware of who I am and I have cleaned up who I had become at 32 years old. So for the last 35 years, this is who I am today. I'm not going to oppress. I'm not going to harm with my privilege and my power. That's where we need to get to. How do you do that in English? It's easy to do it in our languages because our language is based on respect, humility, family, community, which is common unity, and 
sharing, sharing. So in 1976, Treaty 6 negotiations and agreement of the Medicine Bundle Clause, they agreed to share. That was violated and we were left out. That's the truth. That's the truth that we're talking about. And everything else that happened started at that time in 1876. That's how it all got broken up. That's how we're in this uh, situation in 2022, where we have to do a land acknowledgement. We, we have to mandate that in a, in, in, in a health system. That is, everybody that I've talked to has come to work in health, want to work in health. Money is nice, but it's more powerful, more valuable, is that they want to give. They want to share. They want to be a community. But that ideal prevents that, you see? So we have to change that, that, that paradigm. Have a paradigm shift. We don't want to get rid of the system. The system can work. We, we want to tweak it. We want to reshape it. That's, and, 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 you know, in 2018, when we became a department, and as far as I know, we're, we are the only First Nations Métis Health Department in a health service in Canada, probably in the world. I don't know, but in Canada, we are. There's no other. We're very unique here in Saskatchewan. And it's a mystery. To me, it's a mystery how did I get such a powerful voice in this health system? I shouldn't have this voice based on what I experienced in my life. I shouldn't have this. But something, something happened out there in that natural law of unity that it was time. And so it's all about relationships. It starts with the relationships. But first, we all have to know where we come from, how did we get here, why are we here, and where, what are we going to do with this now? Because everybody who works in health has privilege and power. How are you going to use that privilege and power? Because that, if you don't know that you have that, that's when it becomes harmful. And that's when you oppress. And that's when racism happens. It's a violation of that natural law unity. And that comes from the land. So you asked a question of Mike earlier about, you know, something about how does a person begin that? My, my guidance to you would be go and sit out on the land and listen. Yeah, I, th I think that's a, to be quiet and, and listen is, a, is always a good choice in almost any situation um and so I'm, I'm privileged to have been able to sit here and listen to you both here today but but i do i i think you know common to both of what your 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 stories have been it is that need to learn to reflect right, to know who we are where we came from our history our relationship with that the land um and certainly as i reflect myself right it is well, I mean, I think it's it's interesting in terms of the power of language, right? But I mean, the other word for land is ground, but which isn't probably quite as poetic. But 
we use the word ground to to ground ourselves right to bring ourselves back to earth to create a space of centrality or connection or and that i think is a what i would take away maybe as a way of closing and bringing us um to an end here um is what you've all been describing right is through this journey um of relationships and connections and learning about ourselves and, and each other and creating that unity it is that grounding which is really it's about the land yeah yeah you're absolutely right Dale. that is a good word grounding in my language it's mamo in gawi and that means my mother the earth we all come from a mother when I was growing up, that ideal that I spoke about, that I became, was to degrade woman, the life givers. And so when I reconnected with the earth, I learned that I am nothing if I, if I spit on the earth mm-hmm. or I raped the earth. I am nothing. I am who I had become at 32 years old. So, Yeah. Pretty powerful. You know what, Dion? I could talk for another day and a half. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are more things to talk about. So um, I will take you up on that offer for sure, Andre. I really appreciate um, you being here to, to, to be part of this journey and share your, your wisdom and knowledge with us here today. And you, Mike, um, for your own vulnerability um, and courage and being bold and, and sharing with us that journey and, and taking those steps to inspire others. So Uh, Thank you both. I I am very grateful. And uh, I will say Nina Nasco Mitin. I'm not sure if I got that right, but (laughs) thank you. I understood. (laughs) Thanks so much, Dale. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. This this is uh, wonderful. I I really appreciate this opportunity to sit with Mike and share, co-share our learnings together, you know. Because I'm, I'm I'm a learner as well, so thank you so much, Dale, and uh, look look forward to you sharing this podcast with us to, to listen to it. You know? Yeah, I will be very very grateful to do so. So thank you again. Um, stay well, and uh, talk to you again soon. You've been listening to the HQ, and I'm Dale Sherback, your host. You can find this and other future episodes on the CHA Learning website, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. We'd love to hear what you think, so please follow us on our other social media channels. Thanks for joining us in this discussion today. Please join us next time.